Be kind. Rewind. This is Dope Nostalgia. Welcome, everyone, to episode 111, 111. I'm Naomi, your host. Our guest today is the legendary voice on the track, I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That, from Meatloaf. Uh, her name is Lorraine Crosby, and it's an absolute pleasure to chat with her today about her experiences doing that song, as well as the music that she's made. We really want to make sure you guys check that out. So Lorraine's going to be on the show in a little bit. I'd like you to take to our Twitter and our Instagram and participate in the latest poll that we're going to put up. This poll this week is going to be asking you, after this pandemic, are you guys ready to go see live music again? And this is like a personal question for you guys. Like, do you feel ready to go into an arena with 20,000 people and get ready to rock again? Because it's so, so greatly missed. Head to our Twitter and our Instagram for that. You can check out all the links um, at dopenostalgia.com. Also, at the end of the show, we tell you all the places you can hit up our social media as well. So let me give you a little background history on today's special guest, Lorraine Crosby. Wikipedia moment. Please bear in mind that Wikipedia is not to be taken as actual 100% fact. Any donkey could edit it at any time. If I'm reading you the artist's bio, that stuff is real truth. Lorraine Crosby is an English singer and songwriter. She was the female vocalist on Meat Loaf's 1993 hit single, I'd Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That. Her debut album, Mrs. Loud, was released in 2008. Inspired by Tina Turner, Crosby searched the notice board for bands wanting singers at the guitar shop Rock City in Newcastle. After joining several bands, she set up a five-piece cabaret band, which toured extensively, playing to British and American servicemen throughout the early 80s. Back in Newcastle, she met Stuart Emerson, who was looking for a singer for his band. They began writing together and also became a couple. In the early 90s, Crosby sent songwriter and producer Jim Steinman some demos of songs she had written with Emerson. Steinman asked to meet them, so they decided to move to New York. They then followed Steinman after he moved to Los Angeles. Steinman became their manager and secured them a contract with Meatloaf's recording label, MCA. While visiting the label's recording studios on Sunset Boulevard, Crosby was asked to provide guide vocals for Meatloaf, who was recording this song. I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. Cher, Melissa Etheridge, and Bonnie Tyler were considered for the role. The song was a commercial success, becoming number one in 28 countries. However, as Crosby had recorded her part as guide vocals, she did not receive any payment for the recording, but she receives royalties from PRS, and so the credit Mrs. Loud was used on the album. Also, Crosby did not appear in the Michael Bay-directed music video, where model Dana Patrick mimed her vocals. Meat Love promoted the single with American vocalist Patty Russo performing the live female vocals of this song at his promotional appearances and concerts. Crosby also sang additional and backing vocals on the songs Life is a Lemon and I Want My Money Back. Objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they are and everything louder than everything else from the album Bad Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell. On these three selections, she was credited under her real name rather than the alias of Mrs. Loud. 
As for her solo work, Crosby regularly performed at holiday camps and social clubs in England until 2005 when she took a break from live work. Then, later in 2005, she sang a duet with Bonnie Tyler for the track I'll Stand By You from the album Wings. The song was written and composed by Stuart Emerson and Cro about Crosby and Tyler's relationship. Also in 2005, Crosby appeared as a contestant on ITV's The X Factor. She performed You've Got a Friend and progressed to the second round. She got to appear on a lot of shows and do a lot of cool things. And the amazing thing is that her self-produced album that came out in 2008, which is a lot later than it should have, it's called Mrs. Loud. She's going to tell you all about what she's been up to. And we talk about the loss of Meatloaf. Let's welcome to the show, Lorraine Crosby. Thank you and welcome to the show. Um, we're called Dope Nostalgia and we're based out of Canada. So you're based out of the UK, is that correct? That's right. I live in a little place called North Shields in the northeast of England. Wonderful. Wonderful. Is it like a small town? It's small. There's a place called, have you heard of Newcastle upon Tyne? Yes. That's the main town here. I, I live on the coast, like 10 minutes down the road from Newcastle upon Tyne. Oh, beautiful. Have you been there for a long time? I've lived here for over 30 years. Yeah, I love it here. It sounds like a really nice place. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Right on the sea, on the North Sea, overlooking Scandinavia. Oh, wow. Wow. That sounds like a great place to visit one day. What are some of your favorite um, tourist spots around there? Where would you tell people to go visit oh, if they came to, if they well, came there? We live, we live on um, Hadrian's Wall. Have you heard of Hadrian's Wall from the Roman Empire? You know what? No, I haven't. You're joking me. Hadrian's <laughs> Wall is one of the most famous um, Roman structures in the world and it, it separates England from Scotland and Emperor Hadrian built the wall many many years it took 15,000 men uh, to build this wall and there's lots of Roman artifacts all along the the length of the wall it stretches from uh, Wall's End which is where Sting was born and from and they call it Wall's End and there's a there's a Roman baths there and it stretches all the way across to Carlisle uh, in the West. So it's it's a fabulous place and we've got great beaches here. We've got Tynemouth here. There's lots of stuff going on here. So it's a fantastic place. We're not far from Scotland. We're literally about oh. 60 miles from the Scottish border. Okay. So it's lovely, lovely. Wow. I'll have to uh, hopefully want to come visit one day. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about the show Demand Country, which is something you're a big part of at this time. Oh, Demand Country, I've been doing that for about a year and a half now. A friend of mine is the director of the show, and uh, they had their presenter leaving, and he, he said, oh, Lorraine, well, you'd be great doing this. We'd love to have you on board. Would you come and do it for us? And uh, I did it, and I enjoyed it so much. And uh, the letters of support and the fans are brilliant. So I've been doing it for a couple of years now and I really, really enjoy, enjoy the music and I enjoy, I enjoy presenting the show. You know, it's, 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 it's just another string to your bow, isn't it, really doing things like that? Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, I wasn't aware of the popularity of country music there as well. Oh, it's massive. Yeah, I mean, they're like yeah. Irish music. It's all, it's all kinds of music. It's Irish and country. It's all, all kinds. It's terrific. Wonderful. 
Um, now, what's really cool is that you put out a solo, your first solo album, um, Mrs. Loud, that came out in 2008. So um, why did it take that long to release a solo album for, your, for yourself? Do you know, it's going to take just as long to release the second one. It's taken longer. And <laughs> it's basically, I work so much. I'm always doing something. I'm on tour, I'm cruising, I'm doing interviews, I'm doing TV shows. Mm-hmm. I'm just so busy. I, I, I tour a lot. I do theatre tours. I do all kinds of stuff. And it's just fitting it all in. And my husband was on the road with me. And he's getting to the point now where he's saying, look, I'm not coming on the road anymore because the more I go on the road with you, the less I get done in the studio. Um, (laughs) So he's getting ready. He's setting up his new studio and he's just getting ready to go plowing into writing and recording um, because you can't do it when you're on the road. It's too difficult, too difficult. And he does everything himself, which is the problem. And that's why it takes so long to do because he plays all the instruments, he plays all the drums and it's not like a live... um, recording like most people do it's mm-hmm. you know it's just hard and, and and very time consuming and writing the songs and and getting the songs written and you know it just it just goes on and on and he's a bit of a perfectionist a bit like Jim Steinman was and he does many 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 takes um I mean he's recorded 18 songs with Bonnie Tyler and the stuff he's done with her it just it just is relentless with his perfection you know, mm. he really is a tough producer to work with, but that's what he wants at the end of the day. So that's what took so long, really, to do that album. And so what are you foreseeing with the next album? What well, What I'm are your goals for that I'm one? I'm hoping in the next 12 months, I hope, you know, the studio has been doing the studio. We've just been getting some new equipment and mm. um, decorating it, and we've just moved house. So it's it's when you move house, it's very hard to, like, get back on your feet and get back into the swing of of the studio etc so um hopefully i'm hoping in the next 12 months i'll have another product mrs loud too that would be so great hopefully what's your favorite track um on the mrs loud one because we're going to play a clip of it on the show here to share with everybody do you know i like them all for different reasons Mm. i think the the follow your heart is is one of those tracks that is an uplifting track Mm. and I love follow your heart I love I want you so bad it's very moody I love still in love with you you know I love this um what's the country rock one I'm trying to think what it's called now last train to paradise I I like them all you know there's not there's not a track on there I dislike to be fair I like Mm. them all but all for different reasons and they're very different in their sound as well. Some are country rock, some are blues, some are gospel-y, um, you know, so they all have a different kind of feel. And what, what that album is, is just a collection of our favourite demos. That's really what it is. And we haven't really honed down on what we want our album to be. The next album is going to be country blues rock, for, for sure. And it's not going to deviate in any shape or form into pop or anything like that. It's going to be country blues rock. That's exciting. Um, yeah, it's it's got to be. I said this to you. It's where I'm best. It's where I, it's where I like to sing best. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of Australian singers. Mm-hmm. And um, hang on, I, uh, um, I'm a huge fan of Australian singers. And my favourite singer is a guy called John Farnham. Do you know who he is? I've heard the name. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm a huge fan of his, and um, a guy called Jimmy Barnes. Yes. You know I remember he hearing about Jimmy Barnes first when he did a duet with In Excess. Right. Okay. Well, I love him. I, I, and, and his album, Freight Train Heart, is mm. the kind of album I want to do. 
really. It, it's it's very in your face, etc. So that's what I'm interested in doing. Good. I can't wait to hear what comes out. That's yeah. amazing. Okay. And you've been part of many huge stage productions as well. But the one that grabbed me the most was that when I was looking through your um your website was the She Will Rock You show. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, because you're you, the list of artists that you're you're covering in that show is just all of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love singing rock music. I mean, I mean, people get a, a huge fright when I sing ACDC. They're like, I can't believe this girl can sing ACDC. Amazing. <laughs> do everything Queen, Meatloaf, of course, Meatloaf, Journey, Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. uh, Alana Miles. She's Canadian, isn't she? Yeah, she's been on the show. Yeah, oh, she's she's fantastic. I work I work with her songwriter in Los Angeles in 1995. We tried wow. to get something happen because I was assigned to a record company, and they found me out working with a lot of writers. But uh, what we did together didn't really work out. Um, yeah. But she's a great. That's it. Was a great tune. That one. What a song. That, yes. that was a tune. Yeah, she's incredible. And yeah, she's a big. She's not only Canadian. She's a big treasure for Canada for sure. yes um so i imagine that you've had a lot of calls emails and interviews probably this week in regards to the passing of meatloaf and and uh, once again we give you um my condolences in that as well and how did it end up that you became the voice of that song well in 1990 i sent a demo tape to jim steinman Mm-hmm. and um, it was songs with me and my, my husband on and uh, he flew us out to New York to meet us and um, he just said you know I think you're the greatest female rock singer I've ever heard mm-hmm. and I would love to become your manager um, so he signed uh, me and my partner to management and we sold our house in Newcastle and moved to Los Angeles in New York. We moved between New York and Los Angeles to be near Jim. And uh, they were in Ocean Way recording Anything for Love. Mm. And Meatloaf was in there singing and he was struggling with what the female vocal was going to do. So I just happened to be in the studio. I'd been to take, Jim invited us there for the day to meet everyone. Mm-hmm. And he said, would you, would you mind going in there and singing this with Meatloaf? <laughs> oh my God. And I nearly fell through the floor because I was a huge Meatloaf fan. Uh, And I never dreamed that one day I'd be in there singing with him. And basically, that's exactly how it happened. And I went in the booth with him and I sang the song with him twice. And then six months later, he called me up and said, "Uh, look, would you mind if we used it on the album? And I never even thought it would ever ever go on the album. But there we are. That is incredible. The rest history. Yes. It's absolutely incredible that vocal, um, the tone. It's incredible, the tone of your voice. Um, I'm sure that's why you get the name Mrs. Loud. <laughs> well, it's actually because I was when I was singing it, the microphones that had at work were breaking. Actually, I was singing so loud they were distorting, and uh, no matter what compression they used, they, 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 it took them about three, four microphones to get the right one that wasn't breaking up on me. <laughs> so Do you know what kind of mic they ended up using? It was probably a Neumann. It would have been a Neumann, yeah. a vintage Neumann. Yeah, the best, the best night. Beautiful. No, I won't do Will you raise me up? Will you help me down? Will you get me right out of 
So when this song comes out, and of course we knew, you probably like off the bat that this was going to be a very successful album. So what kind of um, reaction did you get from your fans? And you know, what did what did everybody say? It was just basically very overwhelming, and um, everybody was in shock that I did that song with Meatloaf because I mean you wouldn't expect a girl from the northeast of England to be singing with a guy from Texas, really. It just um, be in the right place at the right time, but uh, everybody was, uh, you know, very um, helpful and, and, you know, very positive and everybody supported me 100% with the release of it. Everybody loved it. They loved the song. Everybody loves that song. I don't think anybody dislikes that song except people who are a bit not into pompous rock, I guess, but um, generally, nine out of ten people love that song. That's why it was it's such a huge so thing. popular, even to this day. I did when they launched the album at a place called Le Barbat on Broadway. I sang there with him. Mm-hmm. And then when he came to the UK, I performed with him in my hometown. Uh, he, he performed on, on the coast in an ice rink because we didn't have a big arena back then. And I performed with him there. And uh, it was very daunting, a very scary moment. Um, but again, Milo was very supportive and it was absolutely brilliant. It was a great show. And I loved it. Yeah. That's incredible. How well did you get to know him? Um, pretty well. We spent enough time together. I stayed in his house for a little while. And um, he's a really, really good man. But I knew Jim Steinman more than I knew Meatloaf because I spent yeah. virtually every day of my life with Jim for about a four-year period while he was managing uh, me and my husband. And we we collaborated all over the battered hell two albums. We did all the back and vocals on there. We did <clears throat> drum programming, all kinds of stuff. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Did mm-hmm. loads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's one of your fondest memories of that time? My fondest memories? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, singing with me, love, was scary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, and the fondest memories I have was basically 
being in the studio, standing next to this man, Mountain, um, while we were singing together, after being such a huge fan when I was a child, singing into a hairbrush. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I used to sing all, I used to sing Bad Out of Hell um, into a hairbrush when I was <laughs> 10 years old. Yeah. And never dreaming that, uh, that I would one day be singing with him. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, another huge legend in in Jim Steinman's for sure. Oh, well, they, as well they, as they are the originators of rock opera, aren't they? Mm-hmm. That genre didn't really exist before Jim Steinman because he he's, he's, he was a huge Wagner fan. So mm. what he did was he took Wagner and uh, made it in the musical theatre. Really, he was a musical. I mean, Bad Out the Hell was supposed to be a musical on on Broadway, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get anyone to take it so he ended up doing a concept concept album uh, instead Mm. so that's how it happened you know Mm -hmm. after these messages we'll be right back yeah Dope Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So please join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. Love music? Who Who doesn't? doesn't? Who and what were the albums and artists that really turned you on to music? The ones that made you really stop and listen. The ones that shaped your tastes and opened your horizons. That's what we want to talk about. Dig deep into your vinyl, CDs, or even stream away. Let's listen and learn all about what made you fall in love with music in the first place. This is Learning to Listen. So good. Okay, interesting take. Uh, could you read it like a human being? Or, uh... That's exactly the way a human would read that. Take two. The ones that, uh, I don't know, shaped your tastes and opened your horizons, you know? That's, that's, that's what we want to talk about, you know? You know? Dig, dig deep into your vinyl, CDs, or even stream away. Join Quinn, Charlie, and myself, Naomi, for a brand new album every single week on L2L, Learning to Listen. Found everywhere great podcasts are served. Barks, the one with bite! What do you mean Barks has bite? Johnny? What do you mean Barks has bite? Johnny? What do you mean Barks has bite? Oh, hey, man! What do you mean Barks has bite? Here, try some of this. Ouch! I haven't seen him that excited since he got his heels. Ouch! You tell him, Johnny! You tell the world! The very first time you said a word 
What is your relationship with Bonnie Tyler been like? I know that you've released a song together not long ago, right? Yeah, it was last year. We did it for the Teenage Cancer Trust. And uh, Bonnie and I have been friends since 1995. Um, Jim Steinman actually introduced me to Bonnie Tyler um, because she was looking for some songs. And uh, we had some songs and she recorded them. And since 95, we've been best friends. And I go and stay with her a couple of times a year in her house in Portugal. And I go to a house at Christmas and she's got a house in Swansea. And I mean, she's, she, I've never met a woman who's more like me in the entire world, which she would say is exactly the same. I went to her, at her house one day and I knocked on the door. And uh, she opened the door and she was wearing exactly the same clothes as me because we like everything the same. We've got the same taste, the same everything. Honestly, I've never met anyone more like me. And she wow. messaged me the other day, uh, just when when uh, me died, and said how sad it was. Him and Jim both gone now. It's yeah. really, it's it's terrible. But I mean, we're losing some fantastic musicians. But we've lost David Bowie this year. We lost, you know, we lost Freddie Mercury a while ago. But I mean, you're losing some fantastic one-off artists that are never going to be repeated. Really, really are. I'm glad we got it amazing music from them and got that we were blessed with them as musicians here on earth for the time that we got to have them yeah yeah i mean i mean they're not going to be recre- recreated any of them. i mean freddie mercury what a front man he was i mean i think meatloaf was as good a front man as freddie he gave everything he had yeah. they both gave you their soul when they went on stage and i know i know meatloaf was very good friends with brian may um and he was friends with uh, the whole lot of queen he's still friends with well, They, they were a great actor and the queen. I mean, they can't, those songs, they, they're rock opera. They're very rock opera. And I don't know who came first. I don't know if it was Queen or Meatloaf. I'm not sure who came first. But I, I'm sure the genre wasn't existent, isn't, wasn't in existence before James Diamond. I'm sure about that. The comparisons there is very interesting. Are there any collaborations that you would like to make? Well, I work with John Paul. I'm, I've been recording with John Paul. And John Paul did Rock and Roll Mercenaries mm-hmm. with Meatloaf. 
I worked with Andy Taylor from Duran Duran. I've just been on an album with Elton John and Rod Stewart and Paul Carrick and Willie Nelson and all these great artists. I do, I do a lot of backing vocals and uh, mm. session work here in the UK, and uh, I'm constantly working with other people. Yeah, all the time, all the time. <laughs> Isn't it fun doing backing vocals? I think it's sometimes it can be so much more fun than doing the lead because you get to play with harmony. Yeah, I love doing them. I love doing babies. I really, yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, we did all the bit of the back and vocals on, on Bad Out of Hell too. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I'm, I'm all over there like a rash. And we created some incredible back and vocals on that album. But that was always our forty. That's why I picked Follow Your Heart from my album, because the harmonies on there are really, really good. I mean, all the BVs on there, my husband and I do, um, all of them. So that track on there for vocal harmonies is, is probably the best track on there, really. of miracles no sleight of hand we hold the future in our hands you can never give up you can never give in there's no guarantee but I Have you been to Canada before? Never, no. Yeah? Never had the chance. Hopefully, some of- hopefully, hopefully I will get there, though, because I am uh, doing a lot of cruise work, and I, I'm sure you get cruises up there. Yes. Um, it, and, and I'm sure I'll get one. Yeah, I just, I just with all the COVID-19, a lot of cruises were cancelled, a lot of work was cancelled, and I had yeah. 10 cruise ships I was supposed to go on, all cancelled, which was devastating. But... It's what it is, and hopefully we're going to come out the other end of it soon. Hopefully, I've been seeing some commercials that um, some cruise lines are aiming to start up this summer. Hopefully, it'll be something that'll happen. Mm-hmm. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, well, if you ever make it to Canada here and you get to come visit, I would love to come check out your show. Absolutely, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> What's one of your most memorable performances? Um. 
oh, what? Well, I've, I've toured with Bonnie Tyler and we did uh, a couple in Germany, which were amazing. She plays like 30,000, 40,000 seaters and they're scary. Mm. Um, that, was, that was a great, great show. The one I did with Meatloaf was amazing in Whitley Bay. Mm. And, uh, and, I, and I, like, I like doing um, cruise ships. I really do enjoy doing them because if you're just sitting there with a piano and a vocal and, and the responses and, and phenomenal in some of these theatres, I mean, they're huge, huge floating hotels. Mm-hmm. And uh, I work for a company called Celebrity Cruises, mostly. Okay. And uh, their ships are amazing and the bands are amazing and they have video walls behind you. It's all state-of-the-art, amazing technology. And you're treated so wonderfully uh, that I really enjoy working for them. So working on their cruise ships is a, is a real big buzz for me because they give me a nine-piece orchestra behind you, which is amazing. Oh, wow. That yeah. is incredible. It really is. It's fabulous. Yeah. Do you get seasick? Are you good with Are you good with the uh, with the ocean? Yeah, I'm not bad. As long as it's not the Bay of Biscay, the Bay of Biscay is horrendous. That's the wow. worst. If, if you if you go bobbing about there, you can be very very violently sick. Wow. <laughs> but that's the only area that I've ever had a problem. Apart from that, I'm fine. Well. I can't wait till you're back out doing doing your things and playing your shows and getting out and seeing your fans again. Um, So I'm really grateful for our time today. And I just wanted to ask you before we end our interview today, um, saying that this is a show that talks a lot about the 90s. What's um, what kinds of things like foods, clothing items, toys, etc. would make you nostalgic for the 90s? And uh, I used to love wearing cotton. I used to be a bit of a punk when I was younger. Oh, and yeah? I used to love, yeah, I was a punk rocker. And I used to love wearing tartan and, and strap your legs together. And I had piercings in my lips and my nose. And this is like, I'm talking in the very early 70s, you know, when I was like that. And it wasn't really as acceptable as it is now. Piercings and tattoos were a bit, ooh, it's scary. Can't wait to see you again on the road. And Lorraine, thank you so much for your time today. It was a blessing to talk to you. It's been an absolute pleasure.
kids, put down that Tamagotchi and listen for a second. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at NostalgiaDope, Instagram at Dope underscore Nostalgia. Visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.